Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans teaching. This is session 22. We're still in chapter 1 of this great letter to the Roman church. Already saved, already filled with the Spirit. Paul says, I just can't wait to get there to preach the gospel to you. And uh, I tell you, we, we move on into a, a latter part of chapter 1 here in Romans. And I would encourage you to grab your Bibles or your smartphone that's got your Bible on it or whatever it is, if possible, uh, to follow along along with us so that we can see with our eyes what the Word of God says. It's so important uh, that, we, that we know what God's Word says, but more importantly, that we know what God's Word means. I've learned that there are a lot of people, including myself, uh, that knows what God's Word says. There's even a lot of lost people that'll say, hey, the Bible says you're not supposed to judge, are you? There's a lot of people that knows parts of what God's Word says, but typically, uh, for the most part, very few people today on the planet know what God's Word means. So when we're going through and we're having a Bible study, it's always really best, if possible, if you have access to a Bible, to follow along, and, uh, and especially when you go to church. You know, don't just go to church and, and, and not take a Bible. You need to take your Bible. That Bible needs to be a part of where you go. Take your Bible to work. Take your Bible to church. Take your Bible in the car. When your wife or your husband's in doing something, you're in the car, there you go. Man, what a better way to, uh, no better way to pass time than to, than to get in the Word of God. Hallelujah. So here, we're going to start again. We're going to backtrack just a little bit, and I'm going to actually read verses 21 through 32. Just going to read them, and then, and I'll highlight along the way pointing out some things that we need to see. And what we really want to discuss today is this, uh, this topic about, at least to some degree, how we people that God created in His image, He gave free moral choice. All this talk about this Calvinistic stuff about God determined who'd go to hell and who'd go to heaven, uh, well, that's not true. God foreknew every person who would choose Christ, who would reject Christ, but he foreknew that. He didn't make that happen. If someone's trying to teach us that God put Adam in the garden and made Adam eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then really that's not the God I serve. That's not the God of the Bible. That's not what the Bible teaches. And uh, so if you, if you come over here in the Word of God and you find a scripture that makes it sound like you know, that predetermination doctrine might be right. Well, you're going to have to prove that with the rest of the Bible, and that's what you can't do, my friend. You can't do that. Whenever you find a scripture that's leading you, you think, in one direction, you, the Lord is going to have to confirm that for you all throughout the rest of the Bible. You can't just take one verse and run with it. And then I know there are some verses in the Bible that would make it appear that uh, the predestination uh, that God determined, you'll go to hell and you have no choice. You'll go to heaven, you have no choice. And that kind of, but that's not, that's not biblical. You know, there are scriptures that they use to twist uh, and to make it sound such as that, but that's just not true. If God, if God created people to send them to hell when the Bible plainly says that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should be saved. Think about that. That refutes, that one verse refutes what people 
holding on to. Now listen, if, if a verse comes along, one verse, and refutes what you've been using the Bible for, you've got to be humble enough, my friend, to let all that go and ask God to help you understand because if one verse comes along and proves that what you've been believing using these other scriptures for is wrong, if you're not humble enough to let that go and you just keep running with that and then you even twist this scripture to make what you want the Bible to say, then you're going to be in big trouble. And that's about what we're about to read here today. Listen very carefully. And it's talking about a people that knew God once. So, so watch this. Verse 21, Romans chapter 1. Because when that they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful. Notice the things that men do after when they knew God. Do you know God? These are possibilities that can happen to you and I. Think about that. Don't sit there and say it can't happen. Mm, you swore you wouldn't do something before, but you did it anyway. So, listen carefully. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. That's number one. Neither were thankful, number two, but became vain in their imaginations. That means their, their, their thoughts just begin to be away from God. And their foolish heart was darkened. Can I say that if our hearts become foolish, and oh, they can become foolish, they will become darkened. And when our hearts become darkened, that means we're without the light of God. And let me add this today, that when light is rejected, whatever light's there is taken. This scripture proves that. If they knew God, that means they had the light of God. But when they stopped glorifying God, when they stopped being thankful to God, when they became vain in their minds, their thoughts, what they wanted, how they wanted it, when they wanted it, why I wanted it, this is my life. I'll do what I want, when I want, with who I want, how I want, and it's going to be why I want. Vain imaginations. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Think about that. Their foolish heart was darkened. Let's, let's talk about that again before we move on. If a heart stops glorifying God, which is through faith in Christ and Him crucified, and turns His faith to what we do, we stop glorifying God. We can't be thankful anywhere except through the cross. I can't say that enough. And the Bible tells us, I have it written here, Ephesians 5.15 says, See then that you, talking about the church in Ephesus, Christians like you and us, see then that you walk circumspectly. That means carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Think about that. Not as fools, but as wise. You and me, we can walk as fools. If we couldn't, if there was no opportunity, no chance we'd walk as fools, we wouldn't need that scripture. But because the opportunity is great, because just like these people that knew God, you and I claim today that we know God. Don't think for a second. Don't think for a second just because you know God today and walk with God today that you that you'll be walking with God tomorrow. There's only one thing that'll guarantee that, my friend, and that's if you keep glorifying God, thanking God through your faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. 
faith in anything else. When we remove our faith from the cross, we no longer glorify God. We no longer are really thankful. Mm. We've become vain in our imaginations and the light we had is beginning to dwindle and go away. Mm. Think about that. They changed to verse 23, no, verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. People who reject the cross, I'm talking about Christians, know God. When they begin to say the cross is something just in the past, the cross was this, the cross is that, the cross was, no, Jesus said, you'll take it up daily or you won't be able to follow me. Amen. Professing themselves to be wise, we've got a better way than the cross now. Now we can't glorify God. Now we can't be thankful. Now we become fools and our hearts become darkened because we profess ourselves to be wise. Mm. They become fools. Verse 23, and change the glory of the incorruptible God. What they do? They change the glory. When you move your faith from the cross, you've changed the glory. From the glory of God to the glory of man. Mm. And change the glory of the, in, the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now let's stop there for a minute. Romans chapter 1, where we're reading right now, proves that men have free choice. They're free moral agents. It's just like God told Adam, you are free to eat of all the trees in the garden. Just don't eat of that tree. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Did God know Adam would eat of that tree? Yes, he did. Did God make Adam eat of that tree? No, he didn't. You can't find that in the Bible. You can find in the Bible on many occasions that God knows everything and that God knows that Adam was going to eat of the tree, but God did not make him. It was not God's will that Adam eat of the tree. Amen. Hallelujah. If you believe it was God's will for Adam to eat of the tree, then you believe that the God of the Bible is, is a God who just determined that we would all become sinners. No, we became sinners by our own choice. That's what's in the Bible. Notice this. God gave them up. Why? Because they gave Him up. If you give God up, if you don't want to trust Him anymore, if it's the chest sticking out and the head high, prideful, I'm not trusting Him, I, I don't even believe in Him anymore. That's one end of the stick of pride. Here's the other end of the stick of pride. Well, God just don't love me anymore, and I, don't, you know, I, I just really don't know what to think about that. I, you know, there's that false humility that's also pride. Because if we're not trusting in God through faith in the cross, whether we're running all over town saying there's not a God, or whether we're just running all over town with our lip hanging out saying, well, I don't know about all that stuff anymore. If God loved me, He wouldn't be letting me go through the all. See, there's that false humility. It's not humility, it's pride. And that's the root of all of what we're reading, pride. And if men wants to be prideful, if men want to put God out and exalt themselves, then they're going to get the result of that. 
And man can produce nothing on his own but condemnation and death. That's who we are. In the book of Ephesians, the Bible doesn't say we were in darkness. The Bible says we were the darkness. We were buried up, dead in sin, separated from... That's who we are, not just who we, where we were. That's who we were as a lost people. So when God brings you into the knowledge of who He is, saves your soul, it's best just to be, I don't care what's going on in your life, what you're gaining, what you're losing, the focus is Christ. He's the focus that we're to look to Him, be thankful, glorify God by being thankful through Christ. Hallelujah. And don't let our minds drift away no matter how uh, rich God may make us in material things or how poor we may be without materialistic things. Our riches are found in God through Christ. In Christ is where we're rich in mercy and grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So watch this now. In verse 25, it says they changed the truth of God into a lie. This is what many preachers have done today. Preachers, that's right. Preachers. The only avenue by which we know God is Jesus and His sacrifice. There is no knowledge of God outside the sacrifice. The first time you realized God was speaking to you was that when you were born again. You realized God was using someone or you in the Word somehow to speak the gospel into your life and you believed it at some point. That was God the Holy Spirit speaking to you the truth by which when you believed made you free from sin. That truth was Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And the only way that we can walk with a knowledge, a growing knowledge, growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is through faith in the sacrifice. There are a whole lot of biblical topics, but they must all be seen through the gospel. because Now I know I've been saying this a lot and I can't stop, but Proverbs 8 and 8 says this. And this is God speaking through the scriptures to you and me. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. That's Proverbs 8 and 8. Write it down. Every word God has ever spoken, your entire Bible is in righteousness. Every word is in righteousness. Now think about this in Romans, this very same chapter, verses 16 and 17, tell us that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. All the words of God, the whole Bible, must be seen through the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, or we will hold it in an unrighteous manner. We will begin to change it And when we change God's Word, that means our faith has changed because if we pervert God's Word, then our faith is perverted. If we hold our faith steady in the cross of Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit can teach us God's righteous Word, the righteousness of God's Word that will become a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Amen. But the Bible says in Revelation 21 and 23 that the Lamb is the light. Yet Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So which is it? Is it it God's written word or is it 
the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Lamb meaning what He did at the cross. Well, it's both. It's God's Word in the context of the righteous work of Christ on the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And unless we see in God's Word through the gospel, it will not be in its righteous context. That, my friends, is powerful. Watch this now. They change the truth of God into a lie. And when we do that, we begin to worship and serve the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. When we change the truth into a lie, we worship ourselves. This proves the only way to worship God is through the truth. They that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. God is looking for true worshipers, he says, those that worship in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. And Romans 18 says, 8 and 10, Romans chapter 8 verse 10 says that the body is dead because of sin if we're in Christ, if Christ is in us. But the, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Amen. Think about that. The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Think about that. We can't change the truth of God. The truth of God is Christ and Him crucified. You, you might think again, well, no, brother, the whole Bible is the truth. God's Word is truth. That's true, but Proverbs 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of God is only revealed through the gospel. Do you understand that the whole Bible is the word of the cross? Every bit of it. Every bit of it relates to Jesus and what He would accomplish at Calvary. Even the creation. Let there be light. Even the, the bringing back into the forming of things that were and God brought them back into existence. That was a picture of what Christ would do at Calvary, bringing all things back to himself through the shedding of his blood. Oh, every word is in righteousness and the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, don't tell me we're not in a second reformation here. Don't tell me we're not. God is pouring out knowledge into those that would be lowly and contrite and humble to receive what he's offering them today. We must let go what we've been taught by people who've held God's word outside of its righteous context, who've changed the truth of God into a lie. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their heir which was meat. Think about that. God gave them over to work these things because that's what they really wanted. They wanted a life without God. Well, then a life without God is a place of death, separation from God. And without God, we're just going to do what we do that's going to end up in death. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end is death. That's, that's written in the book of Proverbs in more than a couple occasions. Just because we think something seems right doesn't mean it's right. If it's not the truth of God, which is God's Word in the light of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, 
and what He did as the Lamb for you and me on the cross, then it's outside of the proper context and we're being led astray even if it's by men using God's Word and we will change God's truth into a lie. And when we do that, God will bring somebody on YouTube or in a church or on the street corner to pull you back, to point you back to the proper path. But if you refuse to repent and go, you're going to get the consequences, the repercussions. You're going to get the reaping of what you're sowing, which is a life of death without wisdom. Hallelujah. So think about this, and let's talk about this. What's mentioned here is that which is unseemly, that which is what God did not create us to do. Homosexuals and lesbians, that's what the Bible here talks about. That's where it always leads. Why? Because that's where rebellion leads. If we turn away from God, and don't think that homosexuality and lesbianism is just something of today. Moses in the first five books wrote, uh, God gave Moses laws against this. They were having problems way back then because there was rebellion and pride and people who were against the truth of God way back then. Uh huh. Think about Noah. Got drunk, was naked, laid up in his tent or wherever he was at, well, one of his sons came and found him. A lot of Bible scholars believe that, that because he went and got his brothers to come laugh and make a big joke and, and, and to show his brothers their daddy laying there drunk and naked, a lot of Bible scholars believe that he might have had some homosexuality working in him. Why would you go get your brothers to look at your naked daddy? Why wouldn't you just cover him up? That's shameful. It was one thing to get drunk and lay out naked. That's shameful. That, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's another thing also uh, to, to, to be looking upon your daddy to the point where you go get your brothers and, and, you, and you bring them to look at your naked daddy. That's even more shameful. Think about that. But what happens to those that never thought they would have been homosexuals, never thought they would have been lesbians. These people at one time, and I know the Bible here breaks this down from, through generation after generation, but pride runs deep, my friend. If you mama or you daddy are not living for God, think about what's going to happen to your children. Because they look to mom, they look to dad, they, they look to us to see not what we say, but what we do. Because what we do shows what we really believe. Mm, that's powerful. So because these people have gone through this process, they knew God, they stopped glorifying God, they stopped being thankful to God. Oh, they might have been saying, thank you, God, but only through the sacrifice can you prove you're thankful and glorify God. And without faith in the cross, you begin to be vain in your imaginations. You begin to profess your own self to be wise instead of the wisdom of God being through the sacrifice. You begin to change the glory of God into an image and just things you make or things you say. Just think about it. We were just in the Philippines for a couple of weeks and I got home last week, but I was telling about the shrine that was there where there's this massive statue of Mary where they claim she, she cried a drop of blood out of her eye, a rock. And, and people line up once a year there by the drove to go in there and just touch or to stare at, to pay money. And it really, really, Satan is behind all of that. And they begin to worship rocks. People will find a rock and kiss it and put it up and worship it. 
People don't even realize they're doing it, but when they read the horoscope every day, that's what they're following. They're worshiping. They're looking for something. We're all put here, created to worship, and today we will worship. It may not be God. It may be our own selves as God, but we are worshiping something today. Then they change the truth of God into a lie. When these things happen, God says, that's what you want. That's what you get. It's not God coming to give a sledgehammer on us. It's not God coming to wipe us out. It's God turning us over to what our hearts are really after. So you can't read this and see people in this predicament and say, why are they doing that? I know their heart. God sees their heart and God gives us according to what our hearts desire. If you want to fill your heart with God, God will fill your heart with Him. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, He'll fill you the promises there. Hallelujah. I want to say something about this homosexuality and lesbianism that runs rampant in the world today and it's growing at an unprecedented rate. It's because people are rebelling against God in pride at an unprecedented rate. People are turning away from God. Even people who once knew God have turned away from God. Preachers who once preached the gospel because of the love of money or the love of fame, they've, they've stopped preaching the gospel. They preach the gifts. They preach on marriage. They, they, did, they don't preach the gospel. They may say the word cross occasionally. They may say Jesus, but they're not preaching the righteousness of God's word. They're preaching humans, humanistic psychology. They're preaching the law. They're using God's word out of its context. They've changed God's word from the truth. And you can't sit here today and say, well, you know, they're doing the best they can. God says the best we can do is is filthy rags to Him. He's looking for the righteousness of Christ. He's looking for faith that comes by hearing God's Word as it is in righteousness. Hallelujah. You say, well, preacher, you don't have to know these things. Yes, you do. The Lord told us to study the Word. You have to know the truth and you have to keep growing in the truth or you'll be pulled away through a lie from the truth and then this process will begin in our own lives and one day we'll wake up as millions have and say how did I get here you know you see the 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 gay folks and I'm not being mean that's what they call themselves today and let me say this first that God's Word declares that homosexuality and lesbianism are, are an abomination to Him. That sin is an abomination to God. God loves them as He loves everybody else. But He offered His Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross so that we could all be forgiven and delivered from our sin. As Romans 6.14 says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you because you're under grace and not under law. So hear me carefully today. Those who are living blatantly, openly in homosexuality and lesbianism, even going out and having parades in the street, vulgar parades of abomination where they say, we're no longer ashamed of who we are. Yes, they are. That's why they're out in the street. 
trying to do something to overcome the shame that's there. It cannot be overcome. Anything that's against the Word of God is against the will of God, and it's because of pride. Can, we, can, can I read to you Proverbs 11.2? I have it written here. I wanted to share it with you, and I want you to understand this. I'm not talking about people who struggle and realize that God did not create them this way, but their tendencies may be there. There is a temptation there, and they know it's wrong. They know it's a sin. They know it's an abomination, and they're crying out to God for deliverance. You keep crying out to God for salvation from that. You keep crying out to God for deliverance from that, and God will show up and He will deliver you. You put your faith in Christ and what He did on the cross. For there He crucified homosexuality and lesbianism. He nailed it to the cross. And faith in Christ's death will deliver you. Hallelujah. You will be more than forgiven. You will be delivered. But I want to share this scripture with you in Proverbs eleven two. What a revelation it is. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Think about that. This is God's Word. When pride comes, and pride is what brings homosexuality and lesbianism into our lives. A rejection of God's Word where we take things out or we twist it or we have to write a whole new version to get things written in the Word of God because we know we desperately need God's Word, but who are we to change it? And we change the truth and make it into a lie to fit our lives of abomination. On the other hand, there are those that say, God made me this way. God knows I'm this way. He made me this way. God's okay with this. Those are people who are living in blatant pride and shame is in their hearts. You see, God can't, he can't lie and He can't be wrong. When pride comes and all homosexuality all lesbianism, as well as other sins, but this is what's being discussed in Romans chapter 1. All of that comes because of pride, rebellion against God, against God's natural order of man and woman, against the Word of God. And when pride comes, shame comes. These people are not out in the street as it looks typically. Look at them. They're not even ashamed anymore. Yes, they are. That's why they're out there having parades, my friend. They're not ashamed. They're coming out of the closet everywhere. Yes, they are, my friend. They're very ashamed. That's why a big part of that population uh, ends up killing themselves because men cannot handle shame. We cannot handle shame. And when pride comes, it comes because we reject the truth. That's as well as all this transgender stuff. If God made you a little girl, you'll stand before Him one day as a, as a, as a female. You won't stand before Him in who you wanted to be. You'll stand before Him as who He made you to be. That's a bunch of pride and rebellion. And there's shame in that. And we can't handle shame. Jesus Christ, through His death on the cross, took that guilt and that shame and washed it away. If that's where our faith is, you can be forgiven. You can be free if you'll come to the knowledge of God through faith in Jesus Christ and His great sacrifice for you to be forgiven 
and delivered. God bless you. I hope you tune in every week. Look every Monday about lunch, Thursday about lunch. We should have a new teaching up right on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know nothing else but Christ and Him crucified.